The thoughts, opinions, and general overall shades thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of Hyatt 9 News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. There are some diehard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Look what I have with me today, you guys. Oh, boy. You know. Yes. Good morning. It is Wednesday, November 1st, and today is Prime Meridian Day. You should all remember that from that wow. class, even though probably most of you don't. It's also Day of the Dead. All Dia Saints de Mortos. Day. Autistics Speaking Day. National... Yes. Biologic Coordinators Day. Are those just parents, you guys? I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering. Nah, I mean, it could be, it could be uh, surrogates, you know what I'm saying? It could be uh, aunties, uncles, you know what I'm saying? Found them along the side of the road. Yeah. 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 That's they could have just picked up a bottle. You just picked up a can of liquid death and, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> shout out to our water sponsors, Liquid Death. And World <laughs> Vegan Day today, you guys. What do you think about that? It is World Vegan Day. Um, I never really got into the vegan thing. I so I just feel like I feel like there should be a commercial that says like uh or like some Facebook post that say cows mark safe today or something like that. I don't eat red meat though. I'm with that though. I don't eat red meat. No, I don't eat red meat. Yes, cows are safe with me. Um, me and I believe it is uh the Punjab region, right? Okay. I believe they're sacred in the Punjab region. Punjabi MC. Yes, but coming up first, we have the dope dad himself. That's right. He was Luigi last night when we were live Luigi. and direct from the Luigi. Oh my yeah. God. He he was Luigi, it's but French. he wasn't taking any L's. I'll he tell was, you that. He was Luigi. He was, hey. he, was he was he was greener than the screen behind me. Yeah. Mario. Yeah, Mario. Yeah, he had he, he, couldn't make it. Marjo, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My bad. I'm thinking. Of, I was thinking. I was thinking of the other homie. It's Marjo, you know, Mariko. We just want to oh, holler boy. at you, man. We listen. We're gonna, we're gonna send you a care package. I heard he's doing some time upstate right now. Is what. Uh, and and on that, on that, it is the dope dad himself. That's right. It is Rico Lamite. Do we even have uh, the the applause <laughs> there? <laughs> he's like skeleton crew. It's all good. You know what, Jason? I got a doozy. Oh Coming on we go. for us this morning from across the pond. And you know what? I love pond surfing. Because the Met Police chief who wrote the anti-drug strategy and the policy has been fired for failing to supply a urine test sample over suspicions of consuming smoked cannabis. Per the independent, UK commander uh, Jul Julian Bennett, who wrote the strategy from 2017 to 21, for territorial policing and drug policy was cleared of all it was cleared by a disciplinary panel for using cannabis at home in late 2019. However, he was found guilty of gross misconduct and dismissed by the force for failing to provide a urine sample July 21st, 2020. It came after his former roommate Sheila Gomez claimed that he smoked daily before breakfast and leaving for work at New Scotland Yard. Ms. Gomez, who lived in Bennett's flat for around two months from October 21st, uh, from October 2019, told the misconduct hearing that why did I have to live in a place where it was just cannabis in the air? I was just trying to breathe oxygen. 
<laughs> Bennett was also accused of taking LSD at a party and magic mushrooms while on a holiday in France. This guy was getting it in. But the tribunal was told that he it was just hearsay. Miss Gomez was told by another housemate. He had two female roommates, and he wasn't getting it with none of them, and they both snitched. Go figure. <laughs> she told an earlier hearing in July that she believed Mr. Bennett, who has served in the force since 1967, she believed that he was a lawyer rather than a senior police officer until after she stopped living with him and had never seen him in uniform. Adding that he had smoked before breakfast, she said, because of his erratic behavior for me, I was thinking he was a drug dealer. Having alleged photo, uh, allegedly photographed a bag of cannabis, cigarette papers, tobacco, and lighters in their home on 7th of December, and sending a friend a WhatsApp message referring to Mr. Bennett smoking weed in the flat, Ms. Gomez snitched on her roommate to Scotland Yard, complaining that he'd been smoking cannabis every day before work. On the 21st of July, Bennett was asked to provide a sample of urine, but he refused. <laughs> He offered to resign and asked for a meeting with the then commissioner, Dame Cressida Dick. A spokesperson for the Metropolitan Police said that that would have smacked of organized corruption at the highest level if Mr. Bennett had been allowed to resign on the spot. Bennett told police officers he had been taking CBD to treat facial palsy and was worried that a sample would come up positive for an innocent reason. During the year, this is crazy. This is incredible. During the hearing, he was accused of breaching the force's professional standards for discreditable conduct three times, honesty, integrity twice, and orders and, and instructions once, allegations that he all denied. Bennett reportedly broke down in tears at the misconduct hearing and told the panel, the Met needs me, <laughs> and that the allegations made by Ms. Gomez were just incredible stuff. A lot to unpack on this one, <laughs> and the article has a ton more details, and it's super juicy. You know, I just don't have the time to go through everything on this morning's show because I know we're late this morning. But uh, head over to head on over to high9news.com and read the whole thing, and I promise you will not be disappointed. Uh, this is like a uh, British episode of Law and Order, and uh, old Commander Bennett here was getting it in on the reg. Uh, I kind of feel bad his roommates were the ones who snitched on him, but not really, because he wrote the damn rule book. You reap what you sow, my brother. I'm Rico Lamid, the dopest dad on the street. I want to hear what you guys have to uh, say about this one. It is crazy over there across oh, the pond. Man. Your people, man. Jason. Whoa. First so of hold on. How do you appeal? To, was it Mr. Dick? Do you appeal to Mr. <laughs> Dick for Commander which, Dick? I I like how you used the <laughs> when he appealed to Mr. Dick, it smacked of corruption. <laughs> you like that? That was perfect. Is this a real story? Like, I really felt like somebody just this made this real. up to mess with us right now. It's crazy. Like, this Saturday could not possibly live, right? be real. The names, even. I mean, come on. This come on, Rico. Crazy. Did you yes. look this up this morning? I wish. I wish I wrote this shit. Like, this this dude wrote. He wrote the drug policy book for Scotland for Scotland Yard. Whatever. How about you the wrote? roommates, though? Can we talk about these roommates? They I told mean, on him. But the God, actual, yes. That's Dude, rough. Guys. They were snitching. It, they never knew he was a cop. They never knew he was a cop. They thought he was a drug dealer. Uh, hey, sometimes, I'm going to keep it real though. Like, maybe he was deep cover or something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, were oh, they roommates been. for, like, oh, how long were they roommates for? A couple of years? Uh, one, uh, the one that originally snitched, she was there for two, uh, for two, only for two months because she said the, oh. the whole apartment just smelled like weed all the time, and that's not what she signed up for. <laughs> the other <laughs> one was with, yeah, the, the other oh, one was there for over a year, and she said she had never seen him in uniform. That's ever. weird. Like, did he get Hold dressed on, somewhere she, else? She never saw him in uniform. Dude had a double life. Dude had a double life, man. He was over there getting in an LSD parties in France. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like this guy worked for Scotland Yard. Yeah, well, he did. Yeah, I've represented <laughs> cops before. That's why. And this doesn't surprise me at all because I'm, I had corrections officers that were uh, had medical recommendations, DAs, teachers, and they were just regular human beings. Figured out, man, smoking weed helps me. And these guys were at Pelican Bay. Okay. Ooh, yeah. Big boys. And they love people there smoking weed because they weren't fighting in the yard. I believe it. They had to, you know, they kill each other over cigarettes, but you know, not for weed. And inside law enforcement, this is a joke. You have to do this stuff. It's a way to get an arrest and things like that. But, you know, they know that this is like shoveling sand on a beach with a fucking teaspoon. You're never going to stop this. <laughs> yes. <problem>. So, <laughs> A, a very teaspoon, small, huh? a very small. Not teaspoon. even a tablespoon, but a teaspoon. Oh, a teaspoon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
Yeah, no. I mean, I feel I feel like Dale, I feel I feel like you should have said a caviar spoon. Yeah. Well, <laughs> much smaller than that. A Coke spoon. A Coke spoon. We, you remember those? Uh, the sample spoon yeah, at the Froyo. A little snifter. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, one of those. So, Dale, you know as well as I do, though, like when we were going through our, our long sentences for nonviolent cannabis offense, that a lot of the officers would come up to us and, like, you know, empathize and say, hey, look, man, it sucks that you're in here. You, you should be in here. They were just trying to play you guys. Um, yeah, I mean, possibly. They were. Um, but, you know, like you, you would sometimes we would feel that like there's there are good people who work in the BOP and stuff like that. They're not all bad people. Some people are just there to make a living and do the job and, and we salute them. The, there, but there are rough ap bad apples in the bunch too, and you know, yeah. unfortunately, they'll spoil the whole inside. bunch. Yep. Yeah. Some some command some dick commanders. Yeah, there's a lot of commander dicks in there, and they <laughs> smack with corruption. Oh my god. Well, Luke, I because I was an attorney, I got to hear all the inside shit going inside the BOP facilities. I don't know why they wanted to come talk to me. They would sneak me drugs and shit. It was. <laughs> Unfucking believable but you know, when you get inside it and you're, they think you can be trusted, I learned all kinds of shit about I the bet. back door things going on inside prison. Yes, uh, Mark Twain, to... Mark Twain said, if you'd like to see the dregs of society, go to the prison during the changing of the guard. Yeah. And on that, we're going to go to a commercial. We're going to be right back. Relying on 25 years of commercial hydroponic experience, King Solomon Nutrients has engineered the best liquid and dry fertilizer products for cannabis that preserves the crop, the soil, and the environment. Through relentless passion, research, and innovation, King Solomon has developed simplified cannabis crop nutrition you can trust. It was created for farmers by farmers. Don't mess around. Try the crown. Oh, yeah. You know, I almost yeah. uh, rolled Keep in. I'm looking over behind, make sure. Huh? Almost rolled in with my Taylor Swift wig on today. Rico, Swift it's like, it. is somebody? Oh, Rico. yeah. He is the, he was the, uh, last night he was crowned the king of the Emerald Village. He brought everybody from near and far to smoke weed legally with all the commoners. Y'all know who it is. The man known for smoking the best weed in the world, the longest continuously operating retailer in the game, brought politicians, trappers, legal operators, and um, don't forget Kate Moss. Don't forget old school over there. Don't forget old school industry veterans. Mm. Old school industry vets, yeah. and then also questionable Russian ladies that were uh, doing uh, weird things. That was <laughs> um, I'm gonna say exactly we'll what they talk about. Doing. They were giving Jason a Uka tube fellatio. <laughs> Uka tube. Shout out to Uka. I'm Shout out to Uka. Yes. I've never <laughs> seen <laughs> one. I've never seen one be swallowed. Uka. Well. I've never seen a Uka swallowed. And you can see it all too if you Let's go see. and check out our video from last night. Uh, but, man, I it's have a, doozy. a story for you guys today. Get ready for this. Because DEA, <clears throat> excuse me, DEA licensed marijuana cultivator Groff ceases operation. Mm. Mm. Graf N.A. Hempex, one of eight entities licensed by the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration to supply marijuana and THC to scientific researchers, has shuttered following the death of its founder and a lack of funding. The news comes as the DEA unveiled plans Tuesday to increase by more than 60% the amount of Delta 9 THC it would produce versus an earlier production quota set for 2023. Dr. Stephen Groff, the Pennsylvania-based company's founder and chief medical officer, passed away in June. He was 58. Robert Traverse, Groff's N.A.'s former uh, production director said in a LinkedIn message to MJ Biz Daily that the company lost funding and has dissolved. Travers did not elaborate, and it's not clear when Groff uh, N.A. Uh, closed, but Joe Grizzab, the former CEO, declined to comment when asked last week about the company's status. Grasby said, 
queries about Jeff's status should be addressed to Rob Kinsley, CEO of Kinsley Enterprises, a Pennsylvania-based management company that oversees the business assets of Kinsley family. Calls and emails to Kinsley's office were not returned, and the DEA did not return <coughs> phone calls about the matter, including the question of what becomes of Gross. Highly converted or coveted DEA cultivation as of Tuesday, the agency published a notice in the Federal Register detailing a proposed increase in Delta 9 production to 628,460 grams from the initial 2023 quota of 384,460. The plan increase is subject to a 30-day uh, comment period, and it comes as the agency is weighing a recommendation by the Biden administration health officials to reclassify marijuana as a Schedule Three substance versus its current Schedule One classification. The University of Mississippi, known as the National Center for Development of Natural Products, received the first DEA cultivation registration back in 1968, and it took 53 years for the DEA to award another federal license. In fact, Four licenses permitting licenses to grow marijuana that could be sold to researchers with DEA permits to study marijuana. And those licenses were awarded in 2020-21, went to Groff, North America, based in Red Lion, Pennsylvania. Scottsdale Research Institute, based in Cave Creek, Arizona. Biopharmaceutical Research Co., based in Castroville, California. That's in the Bay Area. And Royal Emerald Pharmaceuticals, based in Desert Hot Springs, California. Since then, the DEA has granted marijuana cultivation licenses to Irvine Labs based in Huntington Beach, California. Shout out to the OC and Meridos based in Brunswick, Maine. And Bright Green Corp based in Gratz, New Mexico. And that sums it up for all the people that have actual DEA licenses to grow and process cannabis legally in the United States of America. What do y'all have to say about this? Well, it looks Rest like... This is pretty crazy right here. I, I didn't know that there was that many licenses. I was always under the impression that there was two, I think, that University of, Mississippi, University of Mississippi. Yeah, and then I think there was another one that was granted in Maine somewhere up there, up in the yeah, New England area. We touched area. that. We touched on yeah. that. They were on the list. Yeah. I would be interested. Yeah, are they going to roll over a, that? I'm going to take a line from Rico. I would be interested to see who owns those companies and who runs those licenses. Yeah. I think you follow the money here, you'd find some really interesting players in this theater. I also heard, um, and I'm not sure if this is true, or um, we definitely have to look into this, but I've recently heard that UC Berkeley was putting in some of the mic. applications. They can put an application in, but I'll tell you what, their university is not on this list, but the University of Irvine is. Are they going to roll? Are they going to roll over that uh, that license to somebody else? There is, they do not know. They do not know. I think it said they dissolved. People, though, right? well, it yeah. said the company dissolved, the company but that did. doesn't yeah, dissolve the, the license. Dissolved. Okay. Yes. Yeah, this is, uh, I think it's sellable. I mean, that, yeah. I would think that it could be transferable of a pending DEA approval. What's up? You guys want to go well, in I, on I this? Think, I want to go in on yeah, this. It's it's you guys want to do like yeah, a, yeah, like a five way split? I know, some, I know some people that would right. qualify that to actually put on this license. I don't think yeah. my federal uh, think, probation think, officer could get mad if I bought a federal license, right? That you can't. Uh, get you mad technically, at that. I don't I think mean, you would be in violation, but you might be in violation of being able to procure it in the first place. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. yeah, yeah. This is a If if your lab, if 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 your lab or your cultivation facility got one of these DEA licenses, you're one of only eight. I think this is like poor management on one their of team. Eight? Like, How many did you hear me read off? Can you not count? It was eight, right? Look, it says listen, listen, listen. One of eight listen, entities listen, listen. with DEA four, licenses they list, to cultivate no, they listed cannabis. Four, four, four of the licenses. They they have four of the licenses, and since then the DEA has granted three cultivation licenses, so a total of seven in total. So that's not eight; that's seven, and four of them are for processing, and four of them as are for of Tuesday morning. Groff NA was still listed among the eight entities with DEA licenses. What I'm saying is they were one of those eight licenses. And, and what I'm saying here is if you were one of eight legally allowed to cultivate uh, um, by the DEA, why the hell would you not be going on a funding spree Yeah, uh, 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 to, to keep your company solvent? 100%. I think there's a like gross mismanagement of their company uh, because that's a huge, huge marketing play that they just totally missed. Right there. If, if you ran out of funding, um, your people just aren't 
well, just aren't making phone Rico, calls. Rico, it sounded like Mr. Groff was living really heavy and high on the hog because he died at 58. I don't know what the what, how he died, but he might have been going hard. We don't know what was going on over there with old Groff. Maybe that Scotland Yard, you he know. He drowned in his hot tub, right? <laughs> Oh, oh man and on that we're gonna roll right into that's right mr dale schaefer he's the founder of armada law and to, today is the day that he is going to get to walk yes. his lovely daughter down the aisle congratulations so we want to say a big congratulations to heather schaefer on her marriage and a big congratulations to dale schaefer yeah. on her marriage as well yes yes Congrats, father guys. of the father day. of the bride yes yeah, man. Yep, special I'm, day man i'm here in reno i got five kids this is the first one of them getting married that i get to go to their wedding it's, amazing yes uh, prison took a couple of those away so yeah. you know, we're we're moving towards a a really good day up here and i actually heather came and turned the computer on for me you know how it challenged i am yes <laughs> love it went to my kids with you so be a good day okay my story it comes out of law 360 and it's got a couple of components it's uh uh it involves you know pleadings and what stage we're in it also involves non-disclosure agreements which if you don't have those every time you talk to somebody let me tell you you're being a damn fool Headline here is data company wants a fraud claim out of a pot tech NDA breach suit, which is gobbledygook. It's inside the, the beltway for legal stuff here. It appears that uh, a woman by the name of Michelle Mangioni developed a, um, a system that they called Dosi Do system where um, a patient could dial in or a user could dial in um, their dose, and they would produce a dose that would give them the desired effect that they wanted. And so they had this um, system, and it was intellectual property, and uh, they approached a data company because they wanted to do some blockchain and hook it together, and uh, they signed an NDA. And that's where shit went off the rails, quite frankly, because the data company offered to buy the company for five million and they said no we're not going to sell it was the intellectual property if you will for five million they said no maybe we'll talk about a strategic partnership here and uh, the defendants say well really no it wasn't a strategic partnership we wanted to buy it we exchanged information to try to get them to allow us to buy it for a better price blah 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 well it, the NDA was signed, the non-disclosure agreement was signed in May of 2019, and in December of 2019, this company, this data company, filed a patent using intellectual property they gained from this relationship and apparent breach of the non-disclosure agreement. So they, they filed a complaint um, in the civil courts for breach of contract and for fraud, okay? And I don't have the pleadings from the first complaint but uh what what we call a demur is like so what if everything you say in there is true it don't mean shit because it ain't a cause of action uh apparently that was sustained by the courts and so we're on the first amended complaint which still alleges breach of contract and fraud and so there's another demur <clears throat> because in order to have fraud you've got to have a knowing misrepresentation that was made with the intent to get someone to justifiably rely on it. They did rely on it and they were damaged. Okay. So you got to plead all this stuff. This is inside the beltway for attorneys. If you've ever been around people trying to get you to buy or sell something, they lie like Dixie. They'll tell you shit that was never going to be true, or maybe it was 1% true. So you really have to act to protect yourself. That's why a non-disclosure agreement, if you have intellectual property, trade secrets especially, the way you're doing something. If you're trying to develop something that's patentable inside your beltway and somebody wants to work with you, the NDA needs to be in place before you tell them shit about your business, okay? Don't say anything until you sign that. And it needs to be very clear what it covers. And then you've gotta be careful to document what information you share. Because if you haven't heard this before, people will steal your intellectual property and try to make it their own. I hope I'm not surprising anybody here, but that's what a non-disclosure <laughs> agreement is supposed to stop. It don't stop people who are, who are liars and thieves and shit like that. So you need to have them in place, know what information you've shared. And if the deal doesn't work out, 
get the information back. And if the deal does work out and you know exactly what you shared, so if they get a patent and they use your information, you know what you gave them, you're going to try to stop them. So this is, you know, a little further discussion about the stages of pleadings, complaints and pleadings and demurs and things like that. And you answer and go to discovery. This is in the first phase. They're having a piss and match over you, whether you've said enough in here to, to uh, allege fraud. But I think the big lesson here is have a non-disclosure agreement in your back pocket every time you talk to somebody because people will steal your ideas and try to give you a kiss on the cheek while they're picking your pocket. Okay, that's my story for the day. What do you guys think? Share some more stories about people lying and stealing your shit. Uh, yeah. How long oh, is the yeah. show? Man, yeah, that's the, oh, yeah. I don't think right. the show's long enough for that, Dale. Uh, I don't think anybody has been in the cannabis industry. You've had a meeting with somebody, they stole your idea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The client list. Try to do what you were doing. Yeah. You know, Dale, it, this reminds me of like, see, in prison, there's people obviously who have a lot of time, right? And they, their whole thing is just manipulation and twisting things and trying to get over. And like, that's their whole craft. Like, and listen, their life is in prison. That's what they're dealing with. So whatever it is to make themselves feel better, right? But you have to be able to spot these individuals when you're in prison or else you are going to have a really rough you're time. You're going to be end up a victim. Yes, all the time. Yes. So yeah. you, if you don't, if you see these plays coming, like like Dale said, like, listen, protect your ideas. Don't just go always go showing your hand to everybody. I know, like, we get excited when we come up with stuff all the time, and we want to go share it with a bunch of people, but not everybody is wholesome. Not everybody is going to be like, yeah, well, good job, and then not go run and try to go do your shit before you do your shit. So be, keep that in mind. I mean, you can well, take a perfect, yeah, perfect I can tell you, I, I typically get these cases, and I call them shit sandwiches because someone and – a female friend of mine used to say, oh, I lifted my skirt before I signed the NDA. It's like, okay, now they've seen your hooter. What are you going to do now? Yeah. Because the cat's out of the bag. Yeah. Okay. So Literally. I, I, like, I, I like grabbed a bunch of templates for NDAs. I said, before you talk to them, have them sign this. Okay, get it electronic. Okay. Because my basic, at my age and after you know 37 years of practicing law, I look at most everybody and go, you're a lion sack of shit. Why should I believe you? Okay, and I want you to sign an agreement that you're not going to take my ideas and do that, and they'll still do it. But at least if I got to go into court, I got them by the them because they violated the clear terms of an agreement by taking your yeah. information. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're going to be made whole again, but if you trust people in this industry, I'm telling you, they're going to bend you over and you'll hear the zipper coming up behind you. <laughs> Damn, don't you? Don't you? Don't you run into situations with clients who claim that their IP has been taken where the IP is so you know, general that more yeah. or less anyone could have come up with it? Because that's what I, I seem to see this in the industry a lot, especially when it comes to branding and naming products and companies. Um, there's so many. What about making BHO? Canna something, leaf something, green BHO. somethings <laughs> out there. Yeah. It, mm hmm well, um, Mandy, I, I use um, intellectual property attorneys. I mean, I, I have them at a phone's length away because those questions come up for people. And I go, okay, let's get them on the horn. Let's set up a meeting because the, gen the generic stuff people want to throw in, you can't patent it. You can't really protect it, okay? You really can't. So, you know, I have discussions with, with them, pick things that are, just wonky, stupid, non sequitur, something that you don't use in ordinary speech, you know, like Shazam or something like that. Just right. pull something mm. out of your ass. Shout, out, you not, shout not, out to oh, Shaq Fu. Not, not, not the music app, go. right? And yeah, that, that's got to be a starting point where you at least have an input from someone who defends intellectual property of how do I do this so I can protect myself. Any business has client lists. It has inside information. That is intellectual property. They're trade secrets. You need to put that stuff somewhere where you can prove, hey, this was mine before that person came to work for me. And, I, you know, I shout out to the attorneys out there who don't screw you. Yeah. But it's, if you have an attorney you That's can trust rare. and knock on wood, you can find them. You really need to make phone calls to them and bounce things off before you jump off that cliff and figure out, does my parachute really work? So, Dale, real quick question. 
I have this old wire notebook where I wrote all these cannabis business names in it probably like 10 years ago. It's like, it's all the cool ones. It's Dozier, it's cookies, it's all that cool shit. It's, can I prove somehow with dating the ink or something that I came up with all those company names and make Date them Date in the ink? Date in the ink? I want to have this. I want to have this ink. I want this ink sample to see. To yeah, right. We can do forensic. We can do forensic analysis on the ink to tell it when it went onto the page. I own those names. He thinks the ink is a fossil bone. Listen, Dozier in stone. Hey, Burner, Dozier. Listen, holler at me. We'll work something cool out. I'm not even really tripping. Oh man. Limitations would be my first concern here it's like how how many years has that been now mm -hmm. uh, oh boy uh, it's a wire notebook too so you know it's old oh spiral they were called spiral yeah. notebooks yeah. spiral they were called yeah. spiral, spiral notebooks that's the yeah, hold on how did you have that they don't let you have those in jail well i typically have people take those documents <laughs> and like, copy them i plead the fifth and mail them to yourself and don't open the envelope so that you've got a date on it it's sort of it's it's a backwards type of intellectual property protection. But if yep. you take copies and you mail it to yourself, you don't open it, and you've got it there with a date stamp from the U.S. Postal Service, that is better protection. I'm so glad you said that, That's Dale, because that was the old school way that we used to copyright our music back in the day. We would we would burn our CD and then we would send it to ourselves, and that was like the what we would call the poor man's copyright, and then we would have our yeah. our, our music copyrighted. So yeah, no, I, mm -hmm. I def that works, and I've seen it hold up too. I've seen it hold up in court, and just yeah. like that, we're gonna hold up, and we're gonna be right back. The control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures, and. With the tower propelling at 2,600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The control tower from Highly Educated. Careful if they try to prevent you from being competition. Oh, stop whatever you're doing. Make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you also subscribe to the channel if you have not subscribed already. And all of the articles that we cover today, you can find on our website at www.hyatt9news.com. And Adam, do you have the picture? You need a second. Okay, we're going to show you this picture of this thumbnail coming up, okay? And we want to make sure that you head over to the channel, watch all of the antics that we did last night at the West Hollywood oh, hold on, Emerald hold on, Village 2023 uh, West Hollywood uh, Halloween oh, Carnival full of full of all the things that you could only hope for at a cannabis event. We had legal sales, legal consumption, first ever in the history of the world. Yeah, big deal. Yes. Big and deal. so you want to look for that little thumbnail right there on our live stream on the YouTube channel. Check it out. Check it out. Two hours long of nonstop comedy and antics and lots of uh, engagement wild stuff from the there. crowd last night. We had had uh, Rico as Luigi. I promise I Luigi. promise. Luigi. if you watch that, you Luigi. will not be disappointed. If yes. you watch that two I'm not hours, Italian. You will not be disappointed. Luigi is, is, is French. I am not Italian. Creole. Uh, He's Creole. Russian girl swallowing a bong, right? Yeah, yeah, and on that, we're going to go be right back. <laughs> I don't know what. How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. Boy. Oh, boy. Uh, oh, man. Up next, she's a well-known industry expert in the head honcho of the Women's Canna Awards, also known to many as Carmen Sacramento. What? This Mary Mana Mamas made her way down to L.A. to join us this morning. Y'all know who it is. Mandy Tingler. Thank you. Thank you. It was a pleasure hanging out with you last night, Luigi. Yes, Should indeed, Swifty. <laughs> it was so fun. All right. Well, you know, last night was Halloween, so of course we have to tap into marijuana mania on trick or treating. 
The headline that I'm bringing to you today reads, Weed Gummies Given to Upstate New York Trick-or-Treater. Can you guys believe it? You know, I don't know if Adam's able to bring up the picture from the uh, article here, but the Messenia police are asking parents to check their kids' Halloween candy after gummies were allegedly given to a trick-or-treater that were infused with cannabis. (gasps) (laughs) (laughs) Please check your children's trick-or-treating candy before they eat any, police said in a public safety announcement on Facebook. If you locate a similar bag of candy, please bring it to the Messenia police department with information on where you trick-or-treated. The gummies are labeled as Sour Bites Ragin' Reds Edibles with 600 milligrams of THC. Each package contains six sour gummy bites in flavors like strawberry, watermelon, cherry, raspberry, and each bite contains 100 milligrams of THC. According to kushgoody.com, kushgoody.com, and bcbudsupply.com, each package costs at least $25. Recreational marijuana products and dispensaries in New York State are legal in New York State, but users must be 21 or older. Police did not say if they suspected the edibles were intentionally or accidentally handed out on Halloween. The packaging appears to be similar to a non-marijuana product, the Sour Punch Bites assorted Raging Reds candy from the American Licorice Company. Mm, Good. Mm, Those are good. Love them. We had some of those in the car the other day. So good. I think I'm going to go home and steal them from my kids and their candy, too. You better better check them. It's making sure that they're not I'm just making sure. Yeah. Yeah. Making sure. (laughs) All right. So, listen. On Monday, these police, they warned school children that legal cannabis products may be mixed in with their candy on Halloween during trick-or-treating. The Long Island City has seen a 20-fold increase in accidental cannabis ingestion in the forms of gummies, including more than 800 hospital visits. (gasps) There are some people out there that are real idiots, and they think it's funny to give someone a cannabis edible without telling them. That's not nice. It's not funny. Those people can end up in the emergency room, and it can be very Dangerous Nassau County Police Executive Bruce Blakeman. That was his quote. Most tales of candy being poisoned, drugged, or stuffed with razor blades are a myth. (laughs) Largely related to fears of Tylenol poisonings in the 1980s, but authorities still regularly encourage parents to check their children's candy, including for possible treats that have been tampered with or laced with drugs. Warning signs. Get ready for this. Warning signs include an unusual appearance or any discoloration, tiny pinholes or tears in wrappers, Mm. unwrapped items, and homemade items or baked goods, unless you personally know who handed them out, of course. Now, you guys, go home, check your kids' trick-or-treat candy. If there's anything fruit-flavored, Jolly Ranchers, Starburst, chocolate. Send that on to me. I will examine those for you. And uh, small fee. This is Carmen Sacramento coming at you live. Especially the you know what most disappoints me at all these. They're coming out in legal states, and 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 in the legal states, that's where we're seeing these stories actually come into fruition. And you're feeding the reefer madness hysteria. Well, you know part of the reason why that is, Rico. Is because they have all these Delta Eight products in all of these states, also, and people that don't want to pay these exorbitant taxes that these governments are charging are resorting to those markets, and they're finding these types of products. How about this? But but what I'm but what I'm saying is is the bad. I'm disappointed that the bad actors. I would expect this kind of stuff to happen in the states that are in the prohibition states, not in New York, uh, not in uh, California, like the one that I uh, talked about yesterday in Alameda. Um, uh, these are these are legal states, right? Like, and these are just bad people. These are these, like I said, these are these are super villains, putting uh, putting actual THC in kids' candy mm-hmm. in the states that are legal. I would expect this out of Texas. I'd expect this, you know, uh, uh, out in Nebraska somewhere. But these are happening in actual legal states. Like what the hell? So funny you yeah. said Texas because we have Stone Slade in the building with us today chicken, from chicken, the chicken. great red state of Texas. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, Brett, yeah. Brett, 
Fresh out the yes. Jade Salon. Look at this. Look at the man. <laughs> yes, man. Look at that, Mr. Stone. The man, the myth, the legend. Yes. He hit the low road this yeah. morning. Yes. He, flew, <laughs> in, right? he flew in last night. He got friends in low places. Yes. We'll just say that. Yeah. Jason said he had the best yes, Delta 8, and I couldn't miss it. That's best right. Delta That's 8 right. in the yeah, world. 8.9. Top shelf. Top yeah. shelf Delta 8.9. Delta 8.9. So, listen. Hold on. Let's break this down, though. I want to go to the front end of this problem, right? Yeah. Why are people, why do we have hundreds and hundreds of people who bring kids or teenagers or something to the emergency room when they have ingested cannabis? Thank Listen, you. I'm going to go on the record and say this. That man is lying. It is not dangerous. There's nothing dangerous chemically or physically health-wise that's going to happen to your kid or to your teenager. Just let them ride the wave. Give them some milk. They'll be fine. Save yourself the money. Save the statistic. Listen, there is nobody in the history of the world, nobody in the history of the world who has died or overdosed from cannabis. So you're safe. You're putting yourself in more harm's way by taking that trip to the emergency room, for God's sake. At least financially. You're going to get in there. Nah, you're going to be around all these really sick people. Go yeah, but bed. do you know how expensive it is go to go to the hospital? Yeah. Go Bandos. on the people. Bandos. Oh! I, I think we have to, to, have to socialize. To take someone to the hospital who is not going to die. You feel a little funky. We have to socialize. Of course you're not going to feel great. Oh, it could be a bad ride. Trust it, I know it can. It could be a really bad Ooh, ride, but deal. you just got to ride it out. You'll be fine. Trust me. And just oh, save your money. Save the statistic. Please. In this era where your kid just might get some THC. Okay. When I grew up, if some kid got a hold of alcohol and they're in the bathroom puking, no one ran into the emergency room. It's like, you dumb shit. This is what happens when you drink alcohol. Okay. And parents didn't freak about it. Parents freak out. If you give your kid a hundred milligram gummy, he's liable to go take a nap and sleep for 24 hours. Okay. You shouldn't be surprised. And I, I used to work in an ER. When they'd show up and, they, oh, my kid got a gummy, we'd go in the back and laugh. It's like, you fucking idiot. Why'd you let your kid have a gummy? And why'd you run him down here? Because it's it's not a poison. It cannot kill you. Yeah. Yes. Now, it freaks people out. But but grow up. Your kid got a gummy. Not, there's not enough content out there for people to go, you know, what's going to happen to my child if they accidentally ingest cannabis? There's not enough material out there and enough marketers behind it saying, you're going to be fine. Just stay home. Have some CBD. Yeah. Eat something. Or like Luke said, have some milk and go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, you really just, yeah. you're going to be fine. Just go, go lay down and sleep it off. And that's the best process. advice. If you raise kids in a cannabis era, have the discussions honestly yes. with your kids, with yeah. your spouse, with your friends, okay? And just don't freak out. Yeah. I mean, if they get something you don't know what it is, that's a different story. That's a good like, point. You know that, that's a really good point, Dale. Let's yeah. it, let's let's go back to like the education part. Let's stop yeah. the propaganda of like the razor blades and needles and fentanyl and weed in your candy oh. and little pinholes where people are dropping little pieces of weed into the bag. Like, come on, man, this stuff is just so ridiculous. It's so. How much like, weed can you fit in a pinhole? <laughs> I don't even know. What what <laughs> what would you do with like? Makes no sense. Like, maybe, <laughs> maybe you can inject it. it maybe it, maybe really you're taking a needle and injecting potent. something in there. You know, that goes so maybe well that's what they're trying to get at. Candy. Let's just use reason, people. Oh, this stuff is ridiculous. And let, let's go back and like, yes, you should always like make sure that you know what's going on with your children. Uh, talk to them, educate them. And, and when you see something that's funny, you'll it'll stand out to you. But you don't need to go through like my mom, like literally was like when she heard these campaigns, she would go through and like break open all of my like chocolate candy bars oh, to make God. sure Ruin there wasn't it. stuff Ruin in them and up. stuff. Yeah, and I'm just like. Yo, like, it's just an example of, like, when you have this type of propaganda, it just it just propagates and keeps going, and it's cyclical. So we need to just end that and say, look, your kid's going to be fine. There's nobody that's lacing uh, live rosin into your Snickers bar. You're going to be cool. Just let, let's yeah. miss this. And also, who's got the kind of money gave to be giving away that? infused edibles? Like, I need to For, go to that neighborhood, actually. And, and, and yeah. on that, we're, we're going to go to a commercial, and we're going to be right back. <laughs> I'm Jason Beck, and this is Smoky Vanilla. And if you want to feel as good as I look, then you need to get yourself a stretch and smoke with Smoky Vanilla. That's right, baby. 
I'm Smokey Vanilla with my background in kinesiology. I'm a sports massage therapist and stretch coach. I focus mostly on athletes who have chronic pain or injury due to their sport or the legends of the chronic in the game, baby. Oh, yeah, you know what it is. We just stretched and now we're going to smoke because you know what it is. That's right. I love intuitively creating a session based on the individual I'm working with. We'll go through a few assessments, look at the past health history, injury, or anything that's still affecting you today, and create a customized session just for you. Let's go. Yee! Yes, and we're back. Coming up next, it's Mr. Luke Scarmazzo, who is a felon who didn't do no telling. That's right. He's here to give you the outlaw report here today for Hyatt 9 News, and he happens to be in studio because we were all out at West Hollywood Halloween Carnival for the first ever legal consumption and sales happening on the streets of Santa Monica Boulevard in a West Hollywood Carnival Bach party. He was dressed up as some Kansas City football player who happens to be dating Taylor Swift at the time, but who knows who that is. But nonetheless, here it is. Is none other than Mr. Luke Scarmazzo. Yeah. I want to take a second really to talk about last night. Last night was awesome. For yes. me, coming out of prison after 15 years. Your first, first Halloween yeah out on the streets and literally you were out on the streets first halloween out of the feds and to be able to be involved in an event that was uh sponsored by the city in the city on the streets of west hollywood and have cannabis consumption and sales going on and it was regulated and it went off smoothly without a hitch everybody had a blast man it was really cool if you guys get a chance please check out that content man it's super dope but yes, we're gonna go back into our outlaw news. Yada da mean, yada da said, yada da I'm talking about. You know what it is. We're going back into prohibition all the way to today. Dun dun dun. Okay, so this is not your regular marijuana bust. And I'm not making that up. That's the title of the article. Okay, it wasn't just your regular marijuana bust as officers from three law enforcement agencies came together last week to shut down an illegal marijuana grow on the big side near Winewood. Anquilio Oliveres Martinez, 38, claims he wasn't doing anything wrong but is now facing criminal charges for trafficking marijuana. I agree, bro. You weren't doing anything wrong. Tips coming in from residents in the area led authorities to the site with several outdoor hoop houses set up to cultivate near a, res a residence nearby that appeared to be a place where Martinez was staying. There were 38 hoop houses there. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good setup. Yeah, I'm, you were doing it. I like that. Anyhow, uh, with the with a big oper with a with that big of an operation, I requested all these other agencies to come in and help. Uh, that's what Gavin County Gavin County Sheriff Jim Mullet said. He's he's in there. We also had intel that people were breaking in and stealing marijuana from the site. Damn, that's some that's some good intel. Who was it? Maybe it was the deer. They do do that. They do. They, they, man, deer like deer weed. Love weed. <laughs> they like weed. Sergeant. It was the sergeant. Yeah. Mullet is referring to the uh, – we also had people break in from the other side. Mullet is, re is referring to the Oklahoma Bureau of Narcotics, the OBM, and the Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Authority, OMMA. According to the sheriff, the investing <coughs> investigation led by Sergeant Jeremy Lans Lansdale kicked off the coordinated operation with OMA. It revealed the growth site that had no valid licenses or registration to, a legally, to legally cultivate marijuana for medical purposes. The sheriff adds that the site actually had its license canceled by OMA this past summer, specifically back in June of, 23, June of 23. County sheriff deputies led teams to OMA and BYN agents to conduct a search on October 23rd of an operation identified to belong to Yo Verde Farms, LLC. It was abandoned, but marijuana was growing wildly on the site, Mullet said. Yo, what, what, they, what they reported finding were 52 pounds of processed marijuana, somewhere around 5,400 marijuana plants, and several more of the plants drying inside the residence where Martinez was living. Also found were ledgers showing possible marijuana-related information, such as prices, quality, and, and plant strains or cultivars. He claims he was not cultivating marijuana, Mullet said. 
Martinez admitted to law enforcement that he did not possess a valid license for marijuana possession or cultivation. He adds in, in a release statement, none of the seized marijuana had the appropriate tax stamp <coughs> affixed to it, including the operation's illicit nature. Martinez did not stay in jail long, and he was released later, later that week on a $30,000 bond. Okay. So they roll up on Martinez. He has all these hoop houses. He has stuff driving. I think it is really, really shameful of you guys to roll up on October 23 when the man is cutting down. So rude. What is wrong with you? If you're going to come in and bust him, at least bust him during veg. Yeah. It's way easier They're to handle like that. They're not going to bust anybody during veg. There's no so fun in that. Easier. God, there's no fun to that. What's wrong with you it's, people? That, that, that's that's part of their job is to bust you right when you're getting right the, like, right, the right when you're like at that mental point. Like, oh, man, I'm about to get paid. I'm going to get all my bills cashed out. Da, 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 that's da, what da, I'm da. saying. We're going to go and buy this. We're going to go trick off a little bit. You know what I mean? We're going to go to Miami. We're going to go to 11 for the weekend. Come right back. It's, that's what I'm saying, know. though. It's yeah. bad enough that I got to deal with the jail and the bond and being that eating some dumbass bologna sandwich and all this other stuff. But, man, you hit me when we were in flour. Mm-hmm. That's what they you. do. Come on. That's what they do. Hey, did they slice open their hoop houses? Yes. To say in there? What's that? That's What's that deal? Yeah. Did they slice the yeah. Oh, um, yeah. plastic on hoop houses? Yeah, they sliced them up. Looks like oh, these guys yeah. should have probably done a cryo harvest, and then they wouldn't have been crying right now. Yeah. Oh, and listen, this is in a legal state once again. This this is in Oklahoma. <laughs> Oklahoma, it has yeah. a really, is really, it really legal state. But is it really? I mean, is it really kind of, really legal listen, state? Oklahoma. <laughs> Medically wise, their laws are better than California. They are. They are. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna go on record and say that you're 100 right. And Oklahoma is the best state to uh, be a cannabis consumer or patient and own a firearm. And with that said, this dude still went to jail and still had to put up 30k to get out. That's insane. Insane. So this is prohibition is still alive and well, gentlemen, ladies. We know the fine wasn't just for growing boof weed. I mean, you, you know what? Um, that that one guy got in trouble though. So if if you are, yeah, you make sure you guys know, like if you are growing illegally, not to have guns on you, because that one guy is. Uh, remember yes. we had that story last year, Jason. Yeah, dude Great got ran up on, shot and killed one yep. of the armed perpetrators, and he ended up going up and caught a case. And um, yep. they said because it was an illegal grow, mm-hmm. there yep. is no there there is nothing to protect him. And yep. he's uh, he's yeah. gonna be uh, put away for murder yeah. because of that. And and just if they come and find guns with you, let me tell you that people, because a lot of people don't know this. If they come to a grow and find guns there, you are you are doing what's called a fel or a in possession of a firearm while committing a narcotics event offense. It's an enhanceable f- offense. You will get a mandatory five years, and then every stack after that is t- twenty five or twenty twenty five years. So you will get five years on the first time they come in and catch the gun, and then twenty five years for every other gun it's called a 924c stack not a lot of people know about it do not have guns at grows or anywhere around drugs you will get broke off yeah well, it was it was a sad it was a sad story too because a dude's license lapsed he, his license oh, lapsed yeah. and he was like uh, i think mm-hmm. it was like uh, a, a month out of uh, a compliance oh, and no. um some armed robbers like ran up on his grow and he ended up shooting killing one of them and it was like we can't do nothing for you you were out of, you were in compliance. Yeah. And in this, this situation too, I think it said in the article that, uh, th- their, their license had just expired. So I think this was a sim, maybe a similar situation where they had been licensed and it just, uh, they didn't renew it. And you know, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Make sure your papers are right, man. Especially if, if, if it weigh out the risks and rewards of what you're doing, just put it that way. Yeah. If, if, if it's worth the risk, go ahead. If it, if it ain't, man, if you ain't willing to go to but jail. But everyone has man. different thresholds of risk tolerance. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah they do. Mine was 22 years. Threshold. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Oh. Yeah. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Oh, man. Uh, you know, I, I, have a, I have another quick quick story for you guys. You go quick you, with it? You ready Come for quick this? With it. You ready for this, Rico? It's. I'm, I'm, I'll, right. I'll keep it short. I'll keep it short. But I, I think it's an important headline you guys should hear about. Because the DEA calls for massive increases in psilocybin 
Ibogaine and THC Manufacturing this year to meet research demands. Yeah. The DEA is proposing a dynamic (laughs) increase to its 2023 production quotas for marijuana compounds and psychedelics like like psilocybin and Ibogaine to, in quotes, support research and clinical trials into the substances. DEA wants to nearly double the amount of psilocybin and psilocybin and uh, Delta 9 THC that's manufactured compared to initial levels set for this year while uh, quantum quantum piling how much Ibogaine is produced. It also wants 23 times as much of other tetrahydrocannabinol, raising the quota from 15,000 grams to 350,000 grams for 2023. Man, these guys are getting their trapping in. The agency already increased its initial quota uh, for various controlled substances, including cannabis and psychedelics, and late last year when it finalized the numbers. But now in a notice published in the Federal Register on Tuesday, DEA said that more significant changes are warranted. For psilocybin, the proposed new quota is 15,000 grams rather than 8,000 grams, as previously set for 2023. And DEA also wants 24,000 grams of psychedelic compound psilocybin, double its prior 12,000-gram quota. Now, the increased initial 2023 levels for both the magic mushroom components already uh, presented significant increases for those set for prior years, demonstrating the ongoing heightened level of interest in researching psychedelics over time. DE is also proposing to manufacture 150 grams of Ibogaine, five times the amount it called for in December of 2022. And while the agency didn't change its 6.7 million gram quota for marijuana for the year it's now calling for the manufacturing of 628,460 grams of delta 9 thc rather than 384,460 grams a 63 percent increase wowza wow wow and shout out to shout out to ann milgram the head of the DEA. Yeah, listen, <laughs> this on, is one of on. those times where I agree with the DEA. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It gets, it gets better. It gets better, you guys. For all the THC tetrahydrocannabinol, DE wants 350,000 grams, a notable increase from its prior 15,000 gram quota, a, a massive 2,233% increase. <laughs> Look at that. What if that, what if, what if this was on the commodities market and it just hit like that, man? People would be having a field day on the stock crazy. market. Yes. I the proposed. Yes, the proposed increases, which are subject to a 30-day public comment period starting on Tuesday, comes in the context of an ongoing administrative review of the scheduling status of cannabis. DEA is actively, yeah, 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 no one cares about all that, but here's what you care about. It also comes as experts await a potential federal approval for certain psychedelics like psilocybin and MDMA as therapeutics. For the treatment of serious mental health conditions, the updated quotas reflect, in quotes, the estimated medical, scientific research and industrial needs of the U.S. to lawfully export requirements and the establishment and maintenance of reserve stocks, DEA said in its new quota increase notice. Man, you can read the whole rest of this article because there's a quote from the DEA and all kinds of stuff. They even mentioned 5-MeO-DMT in this, but go ahead and check it out. It's on our news site, www.hyatt9news.com. You guys, maybe the government is about to get a little bit more evolved i'm gonna say this is what the one time this is the one time that i can in recent memory or in life that i agree with the dea more mushrooms more thc this is this i'm with you guys so so the real question i guess the real question is this is uncle sam's third eye opening I just, I just want to know where you sign up for we'll these trials. Where are the vials at? Where are the vials? Let me tell you something. They're in a they're in a vault somewhere where you're never going to find them, see them, or even know about them unless this article was written. Next to Hillary Clinton's hard drive, and on that, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> it is acid washed. Thank you all.
<laughs> Thank you all for joining us for yet another episode of High at Nine News. You can catch us weekdays live at 9 a.m. Pacific, high noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to our super fans showing love and getting their comments posted live on the big screen. Our live audience and online supporters catching us across all media platforms, tuning in each day to the headlines of chaos. To our vetted correspondent team tuning in from all over, big shout out to everybody who came out last night and partied with us. We had a fantastic time. And you see Stone Slade hit the high road and he's back on the low road this morning yeah. in the studio, too. Oh, man. To our production team, Cloud Media Partners, all of our sponsors keeping the lights on, and usually our AV struggles Stone to a minimum. And uh, Jaja Simone, great to see you last night, too. Uh, as always, Cannabis Sativa L, the reason Hyatt 9 News team reads these headlines every single day. Thank you. It has been Wednesday, November 1st. October is over, y'all. It is over. 2023. And um, you've been blessed with today's top industry headlines. Hope it was enough for you to put in your pipe and smoke at least until tomorrow. Dale Schaefer. Uncle Dale, what you got for us, man? Papa of the Bride. What do you yes, got for us? Yes, well, um, considering what's going on in the world, try to love each other a little more. Amen, brother. Let's go out with yes. that. Yes. Yes, oh, yes spread indeed. A little love. And I love congrats. You congrats, oh, yeah. Papa Bear. I'm going to give my daughter away. in the building. Yeah.